This is The Win, special edition raw, where I share my personal stories of failures and successes as a serial entrepreneur, my views on how to start and grow a business using today's top online marketing and sales strategies. So welcome to The Win, raw with me, your host, Heather Havenwood. Are you over 45, 60? Are you relying on the traditional medical field to help you feel great and get you back to a balanced body? Good luck with that. At e2lab.com, Dr. Don Salio got sick of people complaining about bloating, inflammation, and feeling sluggish. He has created unique, potent, and powerful non-pharmaceutical supplements to help the body rebalance, detox, and get back to being healthy. Go to e2lab.com, getting you back to healthy and balanced. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Win with Heather Haydenwood. Today is a raw solo episode where this is just you and me talking about some really cool stuff. And something I want to talk to you about today is communication skills, right? So it's going to be basically about seven different, um, oh, seven communication skills every entrepreneur must master. Okay, so if you're hearing those things in the background, I'm super, super sorry that, um, that's going on. So I am at my boyfriend's ranch this weekend, and with that said, I forgot my huge mic and all that good stuff. So you might have some feedback, or it might be a little not as clear as usual. So I'm super, super sorry about that. But I'm here in 200-acre ranch, and it's just me and my phone. And so I wanted to go ahead and at least get the episode out without further ado. So it is basically it's here's what I'm going to do. These seven communication skills every entrepreneur must master. So critical. You know, I learned a long time ago at my company, Southwestern Bell Wireless, many years ago, business to business sales, that communication really is the key to success, like communication. And I call that over-communication. Over-communication. I just had um, someone that works with us here locally. I told her, I said, what you want to do is over-communicate with me. Now, it sounds like like it's too much communication, like what I call... um, what I ask people to over-communicate with me, what that means really is, is to go expand yourself beyond what you think is possible. So, for instance, um, I ask my team this all the time. I say this, I send you an email that says blah, 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 you know, the, the left green, left to the arrow needs to be changed, and then I get no response. And I ask them, please respond, like, I got it, I hear you, okay. That's called over-communication. But what that, know, what that helps me do is know that they got the communication. Okay, and it helps me as someone who's managing multiple things across multiple platforms, across um, multiple email accounts, um, Slack, Skype, all these different things. Everyone has their own little place where they like to communicate. And so what I've tried to do is start to train people around me is to over-communicate, right? So someone that works works for us, Tony, he's done amazing with that. When I first worked with him, he was like, you want me to respond, got it? You want me to respond to the email, I'm done? I'm like, yes, because I've got so much on my plate that if I don't know that, then it, like, hangs with me. And that is something key as an entrepreneur that you should learn the skill set of over-communicating with your team and getting the team to over-communicate with you. I promise you your life will be able to completely explode. Now, in the world of exploding, I had a client over the weekend that um, I've been working with her for a couple weeks um, on her business. She's on a very successful business. But she came to me because she really wanted marketing advice. 
And we started working together, and I really started working on different aspects of her, her mindset, and, of course, her marketing. And then what happened is huge explosion in her business. I mean, in, in one week, she said she had 23, 23 inquiries to work with her. She's a wedding planner. She's a custom-designed wedding planner. I'm talking, like, big money here, okay? And 23 inquiries, and she's getting hired left and right. And so her automatic response was to kill off working with me. And I understand that. When we get overwhelmed with the things that we want to call momentum, like think of a train, and it's so much momentum, we then throw on the brakes. When we'll steer that, that movement, we throw on the brakes. And so I got a chance to talk to her, and I said, look, we don't expand in life by taking things off our plate. We expand by adding things to our plate and then learning to manage what's on the plate. You can look at people right now, like I'm just throwing out Trump right now, and he's got a lot going on his plate, most presidents do. What they do is they learn to expand themselves to the point that they have an amazing team that they trust, and they add more and more and more to their plate. They don't take off things from their plate to be able to, um, to what I call go small. And that's something that my client wanted to do. She's like, oh, my God, there's so much going on. I need to take something off my plate. So what I said to her, I, had a, I made a deal with her, and I said, look, first thing, first thing is I'm going to start working with you on helping you manage and deal with what's on your plate currently without taking anything off and making sure things are getting handled. That's the first thing. What I'm not going to do is I'm not going to add things to your plate. So this is a communication, another communication skill that all entrepreneurs should know, and that is expansion. Expansion is really a communication tool. The only way we can really expand who we are and our businesses is being able to over-communicate to our team. That's how you expand, right? So that here, I love the, the analogy a friend of mine says years ago in business. He said he created his business such that he became um, like uh, NASA, right, mission control. I really love this analogy, okay? So he imagined he was sitting there in NASA in Houston as mission control. Now, mission control, what it does, all these people, is it takes in data, takes in data. It's constantly bringing in data. From the data, it makes decisions and then pushes out the decisions, okay? So imagine your business like a mission control. Hey, businesses, where you have people, team, information, software giving you data, from the data, then you make decisions, okay? So you train your team, your software, to constantly be giving you data, right? Now, this is a very critical piece. What I learned, though, working work with entrepreneurs is they try, they, well, the first thing I find out in giving them that concept is that they're blind to certain data data they don't want to look at. <laughs> it could be their bank accounts. It could be number of people going to their website. It could be their conversions. It could be people on their list. They don't want to know. They're like, la, 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 I don't see it. You have to look at all your numbers in totality like a, like a mission control, right? Once I took that view on being mission control, my life changed. I remember. I remember. I remember when I took on my business as mission control. That's when I was able to expand. I mean, right now I have three online companies, right? 
I have multiple vendors. I have multiple people that I work with, and they're all on different time zones. And I'm moving them all towards one software, Slack. But some of them don't have Slack or don't need it. So I have multiple locations, but I'm training them to constantly give me data. So I want to ask yourself, where are you not living your life and your business like a mission control? Right? Where can you structure such that your people are giving you data so you can make decisions? Okay? All right. So here is another communication tool, debating <laughs> or mastering the counterpoint. I love a good debate. Now, if you ask my fiancé, Don, he gets very upset at this. He thinks I like to fight. I don't like to fight. I actually enjoy the process of a debate. I enjoy the process of seeing my view, being able to share my view and give a reasons why this is my view, and then listen to the other side. And then it, it allows me to question my view. I love that process. It's almost like I'm asking them to sell me on their view. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I really, I, you know what? You've made some good points. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna actually move my view over to yours. Or it gives me the opportunity to what I call double down onto mine. Right? The devil's in the details when you're dealing with debate. And debate is a part of a sales. It's confrontation. So when I work with my team, when I work with people that work with us or for us, I'm constantly in the debate of everything. I never say, you should do this, until I ask them questions on, give me information on this, give me information on this. And then I usually ask them, what do you think we should do? And then they might say, I don't know. Or they might say, well, here's what I think we should do based on what I see. And I go, great. Now, here's where I'm going to give you feedback, or here's where I'm going to counterpoint that. I'm not telling them they're wrong. I'm telling them, hey, that's not bad. Let's, let's reevaluate that book. Let's take it to another level. Right? So that's how you train your team to start to think versus just give you data. It helps them start to actually start to think how you think. It's a really critical piece in entrepreneurship. Because you're only really as big as your plate can handle, and then the next level that you're only as big as your team, right? If your team can't handle the plate or the weight, you're not going to be able to expand. You have to have people around you that can expand as well with you. That's a really key piece of entrepreneurship. So mastering the counterpoint, okay? All right. Let's see. Um the next one is trust. Communication, wow, is a lot about trust. But trust is in training. Now, let me give you an example of this. I'm, I'm a huge dog lover. I love, 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 love dogs. And there's, unfortunately, kind of a sad story in a way. There's a story with a dog in our condo building. And... Um, that dog, it was, it was, a, it was a husband, wife, and a, like a 10 year old boy, and he had this cute dog. But the dog had a lot of issues. It was just, you know, it had never been trained. It was not a bad dog. It's, dogs aren't bad or good. It, they completely are, um, they are, um, responding to their owners and the training. Okay? So this dog, whenever anyone would leave, would freak out. Massive abandonment, totally freak out, non-stop barking. I'm talking like non-stop, right? 
And, and then it also it would run wild, okay? And they wouldn't have it on a leash. So I guess what, and, and there was a lot of neighbors complaining, and the neighbors were being really great about it. Like, look, we're clear it's just a puppy. We're clear that it has to do with the owner is not training the dog. At the same time, you know, we can't even sleep or we can't come home to the middle of the day and just take a nap. Like, this dog is nonstop. And so they, they complained a few times nicely, but we were in this conversation of, like, what is it going to take to say, hey, here's a resource to call this trainer to get this dog handled. Because I was clear that no one in that family knew how to train the dog. They think you get a dog and the dog trains itself. No. You get an animal, and this animal then responds to the training. Okay? So whenever there's a the bad dog, it has to do with the dog. It has to do with the trainer. Okay? Which is usually the owner. Right? So lots of times, if you talk to a good dog trainer, they'll say to you, yes, I train dogs, but what I really do is I train human beings. I train human beings on how to manage a dog. That actually is what dog trainers do. You're welcome to check, you know, talk to them. That's, that's what they do. They're like, we're human trainers, not really dog trainers. So in this process, what I'm talking about is earning trust. A dog is very, like an animal, is very similar to um, humans, right? It's earning trust. They need to trust you. They need to trust them. When that bond happens, right, when you learn, when it learns, you when you do say sit, it sits, you trust it, it trusts you, that it's going to um, be safe with you, then there's a, there's a, there's a trust that happens. And when that bond happens, there's a huge level of integrity uh, the dog is more um, trustworthy to be around kids. The dog is more trustworthy to be, to be around strangers, all kinds of stuff, okay? And that is a key piece when you're dealing with business and business ownership is learning to trust the people that work for you and managing them, right? There's a difference between trusting them so much you're just giving them the keys to the kingdom and not making sure that they know that you're watching them, just like, just like a dog. Right? If you just let the dog have the reign of the house and then there's no punishment if he tears up the couch, right? The dog thinks, oh, I just run the house. I'm the king. The owner isn't the king. I just get to run the house. This happened before with entrepreneurs. I've experienced this. I wasn't watching my numbers back in 2006, uh, 2005 and six when I was working um, with a gentleman. And I was trusting him because I'd known him for 12 years. We had been friends for many years. And I trusted him with the numbers. Didn't know that he was skimming off the pot, you know, until now, too late. Didn't know that he was getting credit cards in my name and the company name and taking them to the, go to the bar because I was entrusting him by, by looking at the finances. I wasn't managing it. I was just entrusting him. Very different. So that is another one that I think entrepreneurs should look at. Body language. Body language is much of a communication of nonverbal. The body language, even though in the digital world, says a lot. I can say to you, I love you, and um, I might be fidgeting, rolling my eyes. You don't feel it, okay? So you want to make sure when you're communicating with your team, with your staff, on a video conference and or um, in front of them, that there's a level of commitment in your body language as well as commanding the space. And commanding the space doesn't mean dominating over someone else. Commanding the space means owning who you are, owning the room, owning the space, 
and being present to knowing that you know what you're talking about and you're trusting them. That's really a key piece. This week, um, there's been a lot of blow-up politically with Kellyanne Conway and Fox News and how she went on Fox News and was supporting Ivanka Trump to go out and, um, you know, buy her products. Now, there's a whole conversation going on right now on the ethics, and I'm not going to go down that road because I don't know what I'm talking about there whatsoever. However, when she came out and she was on um, 100 Days and Fox News about a day or two later about it, I just really loved her response about it. She said, I got a chance, I'm paraphrasing, I got a chance to speak with the president about this and been in communication with him about it. And then she said, I have to say to all the women out there, I just really hope that you have the opportunity to have a boss like Donald Trump that supports you. That hit me really hard because I came from, um, I mean, look, I was 25 years old. I was number one in the country and at Southwestern Bell Wireless. I was beating all the big boys. The average age was 40. I was the only female sales rep in the office. Everyone else was customer service. And then my direct boss was a female. And I thought for sure she had my back. But instead, she said to me, you don't deserve being number one. I don't think you deserve it. And um, this is based, based on sales. This wasn't about like popularity contest. She said, I don't think you, you deserve it. And she um, gave all my accounts that I built up to my male assistant. Talk about betrayal, right? And feeling like completely unsupported by my boss. So when Kelly and Conway said that, I, I really, um, I, I understood that completely. Look, we all mess up. We all mess up. But part of this is messing up when you're managing others and also when you're being managed is knowing when you're supported and when you're not supported. Right? That's a key piece. And, man, it goes a long way when you know you can mess up and you're supported by someone above you or someone that you're working for or with. I mean, I can't tell you how much that goes a long way. So in body language, mastering body language, it's just it's it's teaching and communicating to the person that you're confident with who you are and you're someone you can trust. They can trust. Okay. And the last one, the last thing that every entrepreneur needs to learn is copywriting and or writing. Copywriting specifically. Copywriting, by the way, in second grade I actually failed second grade spelling, so I am not like a, you know, great writer, but I'm very good on communication writing. I feel that's something I've really taken on myself is making sure I over-communicate my writing, but also copywriting. I have studied and studied and studied the masters of copywriting. Copywriting really is the art of art and science because there's a strategic point to it that's scientific as well as an artistry, which is the, the, the ability to create, right? So it's the art and science of copywriting. Art and science copywriting is the study of human, of human psychology and understanding why we buy, understanding why we take actions, and why we don't take actions. And copywriting is the art and science of taking salesmanship into the art of writing something. So sending an email, sending a presentation, where you don't always have the opportunity to be one-on-one, sending them communication such that they, you get in the door, Sending communication such that you continue the conversation with them. Get, sending communication that you get 
you actually get in front of them. I know in, in right now in the, in the corporate America, because I work a lot with clients right now, they're working in what I call the Hollywood large large contracts uh, arena. Big companies, advertising companies specifically, you work, they work with, they're constantly not wanting to do meetings. They're constantly saying, no, just send us the prices, just send us the numbers. I don't really want to talk to you. And I recently worked with a company. I worked with the top CEO as well as the as well as the business development company, to close a big, big account with um, with Nike. And they were having to go through their advertising company. And, I mean, I worked with them on every little piece down to the email they would send back because they were trying to say, no, don't come to um, to our city. Don't fly here. We don't need to really work, you know, see you. And I pushed them and I created the wording such that, they got an in-house meeting with them one-on-one because I knew that if they could get that in-house meeting with them and they said certain things, they would close the deal. And they were up against, I mean, they were up against people they usually in the past have have lost the contract to. They were super like, we're going to lose this. We always lose it to this guy. And I'm like, no, you're not losing this on my watch. You're not. <laughs> I took a vested interest in every single piece of that conversation, every email, every response. Every conference call, um, even down to the presentation, I was a part of that, making sure that the communication on every single piece was adhering to um, their needs, their wants, and closing the deal. Constantly, never stop closing. So they got the deal, which I was super excited about. It was a huge breakthrough, not only for them in business, because it was a, a good deal for them to get, it was a good fit, but also it was a breakthrough for the team psychologically. Because I really had it when this first when this, when this particular deal came down the pipeline of like we're not going to get it we always lose to this other company and I'm like well not on my watch you know and it helps them break through their own internal barriers and that's why copywriting and sales communication is so critical. All I did with them was work on their sales communication via you know text via email via conference via presentation. They would literally would contact me on every single step of the way. We worked with them on the email response. I worked with them on the actual presentation. And then I worked with them on the conference call, that they had a conference call. And then I helped them sell the advertising company, why it's so important that they're coming and sitting down with them, which they did. And then, boom, they closed the deal. So I was so proud of them. I was really excited about that. They closed the deal with um, the advertising company that represented Nike. For that deal, so I was really proud of that. Just, but that just tells you that communication is truly the number one overall skill set. Okay, but there's elements of the skill set of the communication. But number one thing that every entrepreneur must learn and must master, communication is the key to success. In business, personal life. All right. So this is Heather Havenwood, and have an awesome day. Check it out and check me out at heatherhavenwood.com forward slash podcast. Um, you also can check out our sponsors. You go to heathermakesyoumoney.com. And uh, all right, this is Heather Havenwood with The Rock. Have a great day. Are you a business owner that has a website but not tech savvy? 
Do you feel like a hostage to your web guy? The better question is, do you have a money funnel so people come to your page and give you money while you sleep? No? Then go watch free video at heathermakesyoumoney.com. Imagine having a money site, not a website, for your self-published book, e-commerce products, local practitioners like chiropractors or lawyers. Get a money site, not a website. Go watch free video at heathermakesyoumoney.com. Have you ever wanted to stop swapping your time for money? Ever wanted to leverage your expertise by selling your knowledge to hundreds of people? I call that smart. And now you can easily and effortlessly, without a web guy, create memberships, online courses, coaching programs. Go to heatherhavenwood.com forward slash thinkific. Start making money off what you know today. Go to heatherhavenwood.com forward slash thinkific.